Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Tom Glitch here with the Mortgage Collaborative, uh, welcoming you into a special edition of TMC Tech Talk today. And I've got a great guest with me from our longtime preferred partners at Blend. Um, just want to remind everybody as our attendees are filtering in, as far as Tech Talk goes, our discussions take place traditionally every other Thursday, uh, where I'm joined by a special guest directly within Mortgage Tech to chat about current events, new innovations, consumer experience, uh, as well as spotlighting our guests' direct contributions towards pushing forward innovation within the mortgage industry. Um, so for our attendees, you know, any comments, suggestions that you may have for future discussion topics or industry leaders you'd like to see as a Tech Talk guest, you can feel free to drop those in the chat, or you can reach out directly to me or anybody here at the Mortgage Collaborative. Um, just quickly for the call for our attendees, uh, this discussion is uh, being recorded, so we'll get the opportunity to receive uh on-demand links to view either via YouTube or through our podcast channel and follow-up correspondence that you'll get tomorrow here. Um, but for this discussion, all lines have been muted. So that said, again, any questions, comments that you have for us or for discussion leaders, uh, you can feel free to drop those into the chat or Q&A functions at the bottom of your Zoom screen menu. Uh, as I mentioned here, today's discussion, we've got... Uh, from our partners at Blend, uh, Product Marketing Manager Nico Pavlov. And uh, today's discussion is going to focus really around accelerating digital transformation, particularly in a purchase-centric market. Um, and Nico's going to be driving into some strategies as well to help leverage technology, and in particular automation, uh, in trying to drive a more efficient origination process. So on that note, I want to go ahead and welcome Nico in. Uh, Nico, thank you for being my guest today and hope you're doing well. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, uh, Tom. And thanks, uh, TMZ. Super excited for uh, the conversation and the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, while we kind of jump right in, I always like to start these discussions off uh, by highlighting my guest's background since very few of us uh, you know, early in our formative years, sought out a career in the mortgage industry. Uh, so, Nico, if you would gonna give us a little bit about your background, what brought you into the mortgage industry, and what got you so interested in the tech side? Sure, sure. So, I um, so I started my career in mortgage banking with uh, Countrywide Financial, which was later acquired by uh, Bank of America. And I started off in the product and pricing side of things. So uh, margin management, pricing optimization, uh, asset valuation, managing the different rate sheets, uh, managing different pricing models, sort of your full gamut of uh, pricing uh, activities. And it's pretty interesting. So when I joined Countrywide, my rookie year was when the market started to uh, sort of implode with first with subprime and then later with uh, the, prime, the prime side of things. And so my whole experience was sort of in crisis mode. Uh, it was definitely a, a wild ride. And I remember this very characteristically after about like eight to 12 months, sort of in this crisis mode environment, I went to one of the senior managers and asked him, is it ever actually fun to be in the mortgage industry? And uh, this guy starts cracking up on me. And uh, 
you know, I asked him like, what's going on? Tell me. And so he, he says that, you know, I've been in the industry for, for some time and I've been through several different cycles and some of the best moments in my career uh, that I've had uh, some of the best moments in my career is when, when I've made the most money, I've had the most uh, share expansion where I've uh, been able to establish uh, differentiators amongst competitors was really in bear markets. And so I remember thinking like bear markets, why that seems strange to be able to have so much success. And so I've always kind of kept that in my mind over the years. And now that, you know, I've gotten to the point in my career where I've seen a, a thing or two, it kind of makes sense to me. Uh, anybody can pick up the phone and take a loan application. And when that phone is ringing, we're just really order takers. But can you do it when the phone stops ringing? Can you do it in a shrinking market? What about in a raising rate environment with low margins, competitive environment where maybe you're talking to a borrower and there's five other lenders on the phone on hold waiting to give a better pricing. So the way I see it is that it's in these challenging times that you build that separation, that differentiation, and really it's sort of like a forcing function to drive uh, innovation. And if you think about it, a lot of the really cool startups that were born in the financial crisis um, where they came in with that void that was created uh, across all of financial services. Um, companies, including Blend, which was founded in 2012, Stripe, a very big one, uh, 2010, all the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, lender platforms, uh, Lending Club, Prosper, SoFi, Plaid uh, came to be in 2013. So a lot of really cool companies came uh, sort of as that forcing function for innovation in those challenging times. And that's about the time that I also made the switch from banking into uh, fintech. And the motivation for me was that there's just so much opportunity for innovation. And I really wanted to be a part of it and help shape uh, sort of that future of financial services. Oh, that's great. Uh, you're taking me back too, because ironically, I cut my teeth in the industry right around the same time, more so on the consumer banking side, but was also with Bank of America right during the uh, when the crash began to take place. And I remember for a good couple of years stretch, a lot of those days we were like, you know, where does this ever become uh, fun or more engaging conversations, not around, you know, some of the pitfalls that many people were facing at the time. And, and you drive great points, Nico. You know, we all can be successful in a time where there's a crush of volume and you are essentially an order taker. But, you know, how do you differentiate yourself in positioning your, your products, your offering, or um, building and, and strengthening those relationships in bear times too, where, um, I mean, I think of, you know, there's so many in this industry that have not had to sell in a, a rate environment of north of four, four and a half percent. And, you know, some of our seasoned professionals probably laugh at that because they think back to days where there were double digit rates out there and you really had to differentiate yourself on value proposition, you know, service, all these other different components that that really go into the origination process. So appreciate the, uh, the lead in. You're right. It's been a great void kind of filled out there um, through a lot of the contraction that takes place in the industry through uh, more bear times where technology in particular really leads the charge on that next wave of innovation in, uh, in driving our industry forward. Um, so, you know, kind of looking at Blend in particular, 
you know, Blend has such a unique view of the mortgage industry with the evolution of your front end technology um, that's become more integrated really throughout the entirety of the mortgage origination process. You know, 2020 was a very unique year and would love your perspective on some of what we've seen within the industry in mortgage tech acceleration, imagining largely due to uh, many of the impacts from the pandemic. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, 2020 I, was an insane year for the mortgage industry. There's so many different uh, storylines that we could jump into, right? The, the, the shutdowns, uh, the stimulus packages, the crazy low rate environment, the, uh, the spread between the tenure and, and uh, the mortgage rates, uh, the remote work, I mean, Tom, we could definitely have a dedicated session on each one of these topics. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but from a technology perspective, what we saw was one of the greatest accelerations of digital technology adoption the industry has ever seen. And uh, what took place over the course of just uh, a few months to a year could have easily have taken the industry the better part of 10 to 15 years to really take place. And the way I see it is that there's really two key pillars that drove that record technology adoption. Uh, the first one was that we moved to a digital uh, first economy pretty much overnight. And this really acted as a forcing function for borrowers to use the digital tools to engage in uh, the mortgage process. And then on the, on the lender side, it was out of necessity. If you wanted to continue to operate, you really needed to engage and meet those uh, consumers in those digital channels uh, to be able to, uh, to, to handle the business. And so that's the that's the first uh, key uh, pillar. The second key pillar is that we saw one of the greatest refinance booms in history, and I'm, you know all lenders were flooded. Everyone was frantic. I'm sure we all kind of can live through that those insane hours and the burnout. And it was sort of like the perfect storm, right? Like super low rates, high margins, and technology really becomes uh, a necessity to uh, to stay afloat. Yeah, and, and and I mean you're spot on there too. I mean thinking just through like March, April, May. The, the frantic nature of what are we going to do to keep the pipeline flowing, get loans closed with, you know, the lack of ability to get together in person uh, and you're spot on. I mean, the tech, a lot of the technology was here and had been here in the industry, but only through necessity did it really force lenders to, to adopt overnight. And, uh, um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh you're spot on with that commentary and, and I'll let you kind of continue here as no, I'd love to uh, you know, get no, you to drive into to blend specific focus in this past year. Yeah, and you're definitely right. We sort of, we, we had it on the shelf, but we, we hadn't quite dusted it off to see the, the true capability of some of these digital tools. And so, um, you know, interestingly, what we, what we saw then from a blend perspective uh, were that customers that were using blend pre-pandemic were actually able to scale their operations, doubling it, in some cases, even tripling their volume without adding any additional staff. And then on the flip side for our Greenfield uh, new customers, um, they were completely flooded. And for them, th the goal was really to come in and figure out how do we stabilize and then how do we scale their digital channels and transition volume to those digital channels. And so that was really um, where we saw sort of the, 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 the split in the ground of, you know, lenders that were well positioned versus the ones that were being more reactive and, and, um, and nonetheless, you know, still successful in, in, in how we um, moved forward in that, in that, um, in that surge. 
But the end result of all of this uh, mass adoption was really this, that borrowers ended up accepting and using these digital tools throughout the uh, mortgage lifecycle. And I think that was, that's really important because just because we build, it doesn't always mean that the borrowers are going to sort of change management into using them. And so we sort of saw that transition from borrowers starting to accept these digital tools. And then on the lender side, uh, we really started to see a prioritization of these digital mortgages, sort of, you know, transitioning volume to those digital channels. And, you know, uh, Tom, kind of on your point here, really starting to have confidence in these digital mortgages. Up until this point, we sort of knew that we had this capability of doing these digital mortgages, but in a very short period of time, we sort of like pressure cooked it and pressure tested it to, uh, to and, and really gained a lot of confidence in that this can work and this is a more optimal path. And then we saw a ton of investment in customer-facing uh, technology stacks, reevaluating what should be the optimal customer-facing technology stack, uh, and then also reevaluating what are the right tools uh, in place to enable remote work and uh, operations. Yeah, I mean, the, the great points across the board. Um, yeah, definitely force the hand of, of lenders to, you know, probably hand some of this technology infrastructure in place, but truly put it to use and kind of force their teams to figure out um, you know, how to operate alongside or leveraging um, a lot of the tech stack tools that they had in their, their arsenal. And, and now, to your point, we've been in this environment long enough where the borrower segment has gotten comfortable with the technology and it becomes kind of the preferred method of, of doing a lot of the business and um, the operational tasks that take place within the loan process. Um, Absolutely. Quick reminder for everybody, this is TMC Tech Talk Special Edition, joined today with Nico Pavlov from longtime TMC preferred partner Blend. Um, and, you know, Nico, let's talk about what we're seeing in, in mortgage tech trends, you know, maybe more specifically since the beginning of 21. I've, uh, you know, noticed a lot of, um, you know, merger acquisition taking place out there. And while we're inching our way out of the pandemic, and transitioning at the same time to more of a purchase-centric market um, with the potential of a, a rising rate environment, yeah, I've got to imagine this is going to have a, a substantial impact on tech trends. So I, you know, I'd love if you could elaborate for what Blend has noticed just since really the, the start of the new year and um, how you think this will impact the remainder of 21 and, and on into 22 for the mortgage market as a whole. Yeah, for, and for sure. And I think that you know, just off the cuff here, 2020, you know, had, you know, capacity was, you know, top of mind and, you know, how do we handle the volume and moving to these digital tools. And as we, and with the, with the latest trends, the purchase market is starting to really become uh, an important uh, topic here. So I actually have a couple of slides I'd love to share if that's, if, if that's cool, if I can just screen share real quick here. Absolutely. All right. Let me uh, just screen share this. All right, so there's this uh, really cool uh, slide here that I that I like um, that really kind of brings to life just like what we deal with in the mortgage industry and that we've, I don't know, maybe we've become numb to it. Maybe we're just accustomed to it at this point, but it's really shocking if you think about how much volatility we see year over year in the mortgage industry. And here's a graph that is, uh, tr that is trending out a year over year percent changes of mortgage units. And it's pretty crazy to me that, you know, we're up 40% one year, the next year we're down 10, down 35, then we're back up 25%. 
And we sort of see this seesaw effect of feast and famine. And, you know, we've all sort of lived within this mortgage cycle that, that, that always uh, encompasses our strategies. And we are always sort of treating it in a reactive motion where we have to build in uh, operational costs, staffing costs to handle the surges. And then in the bear markets and in the sell-off environments, we're starting to uh, kind of shed some of that overhead. And not only is it sort of inefficient, but it kind of hurts us with uh, baking in these long-term costs. And so 2020 was a record-breaking year, right? Not only on the refinance side, but also on the purchase side. And so if we look at the next slide here, this is a very interesting uh, forecast here from Fannie. And they're you know, projecting for 2021, a pretty healthy market size, 4 trillion, if you take the 1.8 plus the 2.2. So 4 trillion is a pretty healthy uh, market. But as they, and if you hold this, you know, forecast to be true in these predictions, 2022 refinance volume is going to be cut in half. And that's going to feel uh, like uh, a significant drought is hitting us. And not only is refinance volume going to be cut in half, but the purchase, it's going to be a purchase first market. And so back to your point, Tom, like we need to re-optimize our strategies for, uh, for 2021, but not bake in any long-term costs in the that will affect us in 2022 and really drown us out? No, I mean, these are great stats and I love uh, kind of laying out as you have. It's been a, a constant discussion amongst our members of late as to you know, how to better uh, position themselves to you know, be able to handle kind of the reactive nature of the market and the ebbs and flows of volume, particularly as it relates to their staffing and looking to leverage technology better um, to make those transitions a bit easier from them uh, to manage from a, a bandwidth standpoint and better being able to optimize their teams. Um, you know, I'd love your feedback too on kind of how these insights you know, will or should impact origination strategies and how lenders uh, should be approaching their tech strategy and their investments now uh, to kind of get out in front of what's going to be a shrinking market uh, you know, coming up in 22. Yeah, de definitely. And, and so what, what we need to do is we really need to optimize now for the purchase uh, market. And we really need to be crisp in executing uh, those pre-approvals. Uh, pre-approvals are king, right? And uh, we need to ensure timely closing for uh, purchases for our realtors and builder uh, referral partners. Um, the strategy really needs to be to optimize 2021 opportunity, but then not build in those long-term uh, costs into, uh, into 2022. And so some key areas that to invest in right now are around the yellow tooling. And so how can we enable loan officers with superior tools to drive that purchase volume, close on time for our referral partners, uh, realtors, builders, and, and so forth. And remember, pre-approvals are king in this purchase uh, environment. The other really uh, big area to invest in is in uh, loan officer mobile capabilities. And so we need to be able to enable our loan officers to manage uh, their business on the go editing pre-approval uh, letters, uh, collaborating with realtors and borrowers, managing uh, their pipelines, status, uh, loan status milestones, intaking loan applications on the go, price, being able to, to uh, handle price quotes, pricing uh, customers, borrowers. And so all of this is vitally important to be able to do in a uh, mobile sort of 
in, in the field uh, environment. Now, if you are uh, more of a you know, direct-to-consumer channel where the digital experience is extremely important, um, digital, in, so borrower-initiated self-serve pre-approval uh, workflows are going to be also key areas to uh, invest in and support that uh, self-serve motion, as well as um, an enabling borrowers to quickly move uh, throughout the, the process to that pre-approval letter. Um, and so these are all areas that are uh, driving Blend's uh, mortgage strategy. Yeah, you get great points. And, and you kind of alluded to how lenders can prepare themselves for that pivot. Um, you know, but how do these investment areas of opportunity for lenders really impact and shape Blend's growth and innovation strategy? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, one of my, you know, I, I always hear, I always see these, you know, thought leaders in the, in, you know, what defines a company's success? Is it the people that, you know, the product of tech or, you know, the market? And in a lot of ways, like to your point here, you know, you always want to be in a, in a spot where the market is really forcing and kind of pulling products out of you and you're adapting and solving those. And that's a lot of what's, what's happening here is that, um, it's really shaping our, our 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 strategy, and so we have three key pillars that that we view uh, uh, the way that we view our, our strategy. And the first is delivering a world class experience, both for our lender partners as well as enabling uh, them to deliver a world class uh, experience to uh, consumers, essentially their borrowers. And so, from a consumer perspective, uh, digital is the new norm. And consumers want that Netflix experience even from uh, their lenders. And so there's a lot of pressure uh, from the, you know, the rocket mortgages of the world, the better.coms, the loan depots, and all of these guys are betting, uh, are, are betting extensively on experience to drive uh, market share. On the other hand, for loan officer experiences, we want to deliver experiences to make loan officers more productive. Uh, we go through painstaking detail in um, really designing experiences to uh, and, and workflows to mirror how loan officers and borrowers interact. And by doing so, we can make a more engaging and interactive uh, experience. And then the, the third piece of, of the um, experience part is on the fulfillment and processing side. And so what experiences do we need in place to make uh, fulfillment better? What um, experiences do we need to put in place to make processing better? And especially as we move into a low margin, sort of that margin compression environment, operational efficiency and lowering costs are going to be uh, really important. And so that's the first pillar, sort of that delivering that world-class experience. The second pillar is making blend the new home for loan officers. And so the boundary between what a POS is and what are some of the other online, offline tools is sort of becoming arbitrary. Um, loan officers really prefer using more of a single system to manage all of their uh, their work across the full life cycle of of the of the loan from pre-application to close. And so, we're hyper focused on solving all of the loan officers' needs within Blend, so they don't have to go to other systems, bounce back and forth, uh, you know, figure out how to extract uh, information and data from one system and then uh, load it into another, and ultimately um, hurting their productivity. So. Essentially, we can enable loan officers. We want to be able to enable loan officers to be the uh, trusted advisors that we want them uh, to be. And so that's the, the second pillar, is sort of making blend that the home for, for loan officers. And then the third pillar is delivering an end-to-end -end solution across the entire uh, mortgage lifecycle. And this is 
really important. I'm super excited about this pillar of our mortgage strategy. Um, so over the last several years, there's been a ton of uh, really cool innovations within the mortgage space. It's sort of like a tech renaissance, if you will, within the mortgage industry. And all this innovation is great, but it's sort of been fragmented. And we have all of these point solutions that have really come to market that aren't designed to be sort of integrated into a broader ecosystem. So we have point solutions for a CRM, for leads, point solutions for digital POS so, uh, applications, uh, point solutions for borrower education, managing the pipeline, and uh, so forth. And so our focus here is to really deliver a highly integrated solution uh, across the entire across the entire loan lifecycle in a single layer. And so from top of the funnel with lead management to consumer experiences to the tooling for the loan officers to processing and, and to close. And so we've built a ton of solutions in each one of those different uh, areas, but we also have an open platform and we want to be able to integrate the best of breed third-party solutions that are out there in the market. And this is a big focus area for us at Blend. We have an, an entire integrations team that's sole job is to bring in all of these different uh, solutions and make them work together. And so where I would love this to be to go and our sort of our vision here is you bring me your, your origination stack, tell me all the best solutions that you want to use. And then what we'll do is we'll integrate all these solutions together into a comprehensive experience for both your borrowers and for uh, your lending teams. So that's the, that's the three pillars, delivering a world-class experience, making Blend the new home for loan officers, and delivering an end-to-end -end solution. Well, that's awesome, Nick. I feel like Blend's got the finger on the pulse there of, of what's going to maximize the, <clears throat> the productivity and the efficiency you know, for operational teams, as well as originators on the production side. You know, a lot of lenders have that built-in affinity to... Um, long-term components of their technology stack that they've, you know, they're best in breed and they've worked with for a long time. So that ability to create kind of a seamless integration where, you know, data information is, uh, you know, flowing back and forth in a really efficient manner, um, to your point, allows origination or an LOA to be able to stay, you know, within a singular platform, be able to communicate with the borrower from there, you know, trade documentation and updates um, and, and kind of maximize that productivity as opposed to balancing between a multitude of different systems and, uh, you know, spending a lot of time unnecessarily on some of the back end portions. So I love um you know, where the pillars are really taking blend from an overall experience perspective and prioritizing the originator in there. Um, I think there's a lot of fear out there that the uh, technology is being designed to replace the originator. And really, it's designed to, to arm the originator and make them more efficient so they can do to more volume for the lenders. And I think being able to speak to that goes a long way. Yeah, and I definitely see it as more of a, what we need to be solving for is a high touch, high tech experience. We need that high touch. Nobody wants to eliminate that that high touch experience that we get from from the loan officers. Absolutely. Well, reminder for the group: this is TMC Tech Talk. Uh, joined today by Nico Pavlov from longtime TMC preferred partner Blend. Um, Nico, as we move into this purchase market and looking to set up LOs for success, is clearly going to be vital. Um, 
to you know originators or lenders hitting their production targets and um, you know keeping those pipelines flowing. So my question to you is how is blend positioning uh, the platform and innovations currently and coming down the line uh, strategically to make originators more successful? Yeah, and, and we've we've and we've sort of had this theme throughout our conversation today, and, yeah. and really, it's um, you know pre-approvals. Like I've said it, right? Pre-approvals are king, and we we really have to be super crisp on delivering those uh, pre-approvals and close on time and deliver for our uh, referral partners. And so um, that's where the tooling for for the loan officers becomes really important in this uh, purchase environment. Um, there's an, another couple slides I, I wanna share if that's cool here. Sure. Uh, all right, let me uh, get us going. All right, so. Um, I wanted to kind of share here on sort of our view here for the loan officer tooling. And so the problem is that loan officers really spend too much time on the loan man, uh, manufacturing side of the house. And we sort of see this mutually exclusive uh, relationship between advisory and manufacturing, where as a loan officer, I'm either advising you and I'm, I'm helping you with, your, with the terms and I'm going through your options. And then I'm going back into uh, VLOS and I'm, I kind of go back into the ivory tower and I build out uh, some, uh, you know, the, the loan application. I come back, I show you the options now in the advisory side. The borrower says, well, what if I lower my down payment? What if I buy down my rate? I'm back going to uh, restructure the loan in the LOS. And so we see this sort of, uh, again, mutually exclusive relationship. And um if we were to take a step back and really think like, how would we want to redesign this process? And what we would want is really, what if we could merge these two things together where it doesn't need to be this, where I'm either advising you or I'm going back into uh, sort of this black box. What if we could unify the experience? And as I'm advising you, we're also building the, the loan application. This would unify the experience. It could mirror how really how loan officers and consumers interact throughout the life cycle, uh, surfacing the right tasks and at the right time and also at the right place, which would drive uh, productivity. And then by bringing a lot of these tasks up front in the process, we can overlay technology and automation to eliminate the manual tasks. And then lastly, with building sort of uniformity in how we capture these loan applications, we can build um, richer upfront data quality, which will streamline our, our uh, clear to close. And so this is exactly what we're doing and why we built the uh, loan officer toolkit. And I don't want to get too much into a, a sales pitch here, Tom, I promise you that, but, uh, but really just at a high level, I think it's really important because this is really where we see the market going is we want to support loan officers on all the key workflows across the mortgage uh, process, enabling them to be trusted uh, advisors, driving productivity, operational efficiency, and importantly, also scale in any market, whether it's a bear market or in a uh, bull market where there's a surge. So that's sort of our, our vision on the uh, LO toolkit and uh, and where we where we see this going. Uh, yeah, appreciate that line of sight there. And, uh, you know, quick plug on that front. Nick is going to be joining me again in uh, about a week and a half, or actually two weeks from today, same time, uh, where we're going to dive directly into Blend's LO Toolkit at a deeper level and, and focus on how 
the toolkit will unify borrower and LO uh, collaboration. So that registration information is available in the chat. We'll also incorporate that in the uh, follow-up correspondence for attendees who want to learn more about that and join us two weeks from today. Um, but you're, I mean, you're spot on too, you know, when you mentioned how critically important automation is going to be, um, you know, in so many different areas of, of a lender's operation. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but particularly when it comes to the ebb and flow of staffing and how to accommodate volatility and these volume fluctuations. Um, first off, can you explain to our audience why automation is so important? And then, you know, how, from your perspective too, assess what components of the loan process make sense to automate versus keeping manual and kind of this residual pull push and pull over the uh, the automation versus manual debate. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, automation is one of the most important topics, I think, in, in mortgage tech today. I'm, I'm sure we're all talking about it in, in several different discussions. And um, really, the way I, it, I see it is that automation is sort of that last frontier to really truly deliver a digital mortgage. Uh, we've been able to solve a lot of different other areas. And now we really need to eliminate um, some of those manual steps. And it's always been a challenge because, you know, things like, you know, the actual processing, satisfying the conditions, the follow-ups, the needs list, these are all very document heavy processes uh, today. And also it complicates it because a lot of the sources of these materials are coming from so many different uh, areas. And so the way I see it is that this is a big space where we will have to leverage AI machine learning to really be able to come in and help solve this with predictive uh, automation. And this is you know, an area where we at Blend are investing heavily in this space with our uh, fast track processing uh, automation uh, solution. And so this is being built uh, as we speak. And really what FastTrack is gearing up to be is really processing as a service. And so for certain loan scenarios where we will want to offload processing of those loans and get them cleared to close uh, faster without a human uh, intervention. And I don't see this taking away anything from, yeah, from you know, taking over processing. It's much more... Um, sort of analogous of some of the programs, the loan programs that we've already had in, 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 in some of our lenders, right? So at Bank of America, we had our fast and easy program, which were for certain borrowers that were already uh, Bank of America customers, we could close them faster. Um, Streamline refi is another one. And so essentially for your more standard, high quality, less complex loan populations and cohorts, you can essentially put them on the blend fast track. And so I'll give you, uh, Tom, a couple of uh, examples just to kind of kind of see how this will play out uh, in more pr in, in practice. And so one is what we're calling Doc AI. And so this is a component of Fast Track, which will essentially ensure that the right documents have been uploaded to meet the requirements. And so using OCR, it'll go through and read those documents, and then verify, for example, that it is actually a W two that you uploaded instead of uh, some other uh, document and also extract data from that W-2 to then be put into other areas of the origination process. Um, another example, uh, a really good example is handling flood zone requirements. And so what FastTrack will essentially do here is it'll call an API that will check if the property is in a flood zone. And then if it is, it will place flood insurance uh, or it will place a policy order 
and receive the policy doc, and then using OCR, extract the info from, from the policy, uh, and then essentially take that to Fannie and ensure that the policy is, is, is verified with against Fannie's requirements. And then lastly, update the, the fees in the loan application. And so this is just one of the many different components of Fast Track um, that essentially are geared towards taking away some of the nuances in the manual steps uh, and making certain cohorts uh, fast tracked all the way to close without human intervention. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely exciting innovation coming down the line. I think of the, the flood zone requirement um, to be able to automate that process. Just, I'm going back to a past life and thinking about the time and some of the manual nature that takes going back and forth there to a, you know, identify, get the documentation in place and then get the certification from, you know, the GSEs as well. Um, it, it may seem like a mundane component, but that's a really huge time saver by itself, let alone, I'm sure some of the other uh, kind of automation innovations that that Blend's working on on this fast track. Um, Definitely. And some of the loans and some of the more complex will always need sort of that manual oh, yeah. review and, and manual um, sort of touch. And so, yeah, I see this for those for the, that population that really needs to be fast tracked and, and get that off the plate. Absolutely. You know, another component where we can leverage technology without, you know, taking away the human element, just more or less better leveraging, you know, the human capital more towards, you know, to your points in these complicated loan scenarios or or more nuanced files and reviews that really need human eyes and, and uh, brain power on. So, cool. Um, I want to wrap up today just by allowing you the opportunity to give our attendees some more information on where they can learn about some of the exciting innovations and coming down the line from Blend and, and really some of the overriding themes coming out of your recent Blend Forward event that I know just took place a couple of weeks ago in late May. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, we just concluded our customer conference, which is called Blend Forward, uh, and a few weeks back. And we covered a lot of this information that we just you know touched on. Uh, we made actually the whole, you can watch the whole uh, the whole conference uh, on uh, on repeat on at uh, blend.com uh, forward slash forward twenty twenty one. But there was a lot of really interesting uh, discussion around automation with fast track. Actually, Mima, uh, our CEO had a keynote uh, presentation on fast track and really highlighted some of the really cool and core functionality and, and capabilities of fast track. We talked about, uh, we had you know sessions on the loan officer tooling with the LO toolkit, panel discussions with industry experts, uh, breakout sessions on uh, maximizing ROI, success and change management with some of the LO toolkit. And then we had a ton of different analysts talking about uh, how to best optimize your strategy for the current and future uh, markets. So definitely check it out. Um, maybe we can uh, uh, post the, the link at, when we send out materials here, uh, if anybody's interested to, to, to check that out. And definitely feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and let's continue the conversation. Uh, let's um, you know keep going on this. And uh, if you'd like, you know, reach out to our sales team to learn more and get customized recommendations on how they can help. And uh, Tom, I'm super excited for our demo in a couple of weeks where we can uh, kind of go under the hood and kind of kick the tires and um, in, in the uh, upcoming uh, TMC partnership session. 
Yeah, likewise. This was a nice primer to kind of talk about some of the key components out there that have really uh, guided the innovation for the LO toolkit. And I think the timing's perfect too, just as we're getting back to a purchase-centric environment where the onus is really on your LOs um, to be able to effectively and efficiently uh, produce volume. So I look forward to that discussion in two weeks. We'll definitely incorporate that information in the follow-up to our attendees, um, as well as for anybody still with us, it is in the chat right now, as well as a link, as Nico mentioned, to uh, take a look at kind of the the replay and takeaways from Blend Forward. Um, so, Nico, thank you for being my guest today. I look forward to getting back together with you in two weeks. And, um, you know, to our listeners, be on the lookout for the podcast and YouTube links for on-demand viewing and highly encourage you to share with others within your organization that maybe couldn't join us today but would gain value from the insights from, uh, from our discussion with Nico. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, we'll see everybody right back here next Thursday for our next installment of Tech Talk with Joe Bryant from TriServe. But uh, until then, if you're talking TMC, you're talking tech. And uh, be well, everyone. Great afternoon. Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.